Welcome to the Beautiful Life Podcast. This message is by Nigel Desmond. So, there have been a couple of just wonderful testimonies. Um, firstly, Jade shared, um, like uh, two, two weeks ago, that um, she has been struggling with her back for since you were 18, am I right? 17, and... Um, and that's, uh, that's a number of years now, although, you know, still a very young lady. And uh, so she, um, Heidi and Be- Rebecca prayed for her, and she didn't even realize it. Um, she got healed. And it was only, only a while later she started realizing, hang on, something's changed. And the pain went away. So why don't you just give the Lord a hand for that? I am right. Yeah, that's good. Then, then at... Uh, School of the Supernatural, um, not this Thursday, but two, uh, two Thursdays ago, we again just had the manifested presence of God just drop in this place. Um, it was absolutely insane. In fact, um, it, looked, it looked like a rave in here. I, I, I mean, there, there's, there's little, there were people on the floor just drunk in the Holy Spirit, laughing in the Holy Spirit. Um, we, we just saw God just moving in waves across this room. But one of my best moments of uh, watching that, actually two of my best moments that I'm going to share, one was over here, we had Martin. He is just, we didn't realize it, he's quite a quiet guy when he comes in. He seems, he, 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 um, he presents as very understated, if I can put it, uh, put it that way. But God had been working on him for a number of weeks, and a, a couple of weeks beforehand, in this moment of real loud worship, God just did something in his heart. And just something cracked up in his heart. But on that Thursday, what actually happened was, I prayed for him. The presence of God folded him over like, you know, like one of those folding, uh, folding phones. You know? It was literally his, his, <laughs> his face was kissing his knees and he was just folded over like this. And then he was just in his chair, just like shaking under the presence of God. Just, and jerking, and the power of God's hitting him. We didn't know what was going on. He came back the next week and just shared his testimony. He's had major arthritis in his lower back for years. So much so that he couldn't sit on a chair uh, properly. Um, he was in, uh, often in continual pain, even if he had uh, his belt would cause pain in his uh, lower back. No one prayed for healing, but he got completely healed spontaneously in that and the pain went away. So, why don't you give the Lord a hand? Isn't that good? Then Trudy, um, in the in was it last? Actually, Supernatural uh, School again. She, was it last week? The hand. Um, her hand wouldn't close before she came to doing, uh, and it closed by the end, uh, end of the night. So there were just these spontaneous healing uh, happening. Then uh, one of my great joys was with Sammy. Sam. Just got, now, now I'm pointing this out because Sam, how old are you, Sam? I am 10. Sam is 10, and God just touched him in such a tangible way that he told his, uh, his mom that he's never felt God's presence like that before. Am I right? And, you know, I, I want to point this out. Children don't get a junior Holy Spirit. You're never too young to be touched by God. You're never too young to be used uh, by, uh, by God. And sometimes we have this attitude that we tell our children, 
Wait until you grow up before God's going to use you. You know, one day. No, that's not true. You know, um, God, uh, God can't. So Sam got touched by the Holy Spirit, was laughing with the uh, joy of the Lord, went home full of uh, joy, an infectious joy that he spread to everyone around him. Then in this, on the same night, Ingrid, also from the Baptist church, who's been dry for a number of years, this is what she's told us, um, she came to school because she's just been longing to be touched by God again, and she's been dry, dry, dry. Well, anyway, by the end of the night, she lost it with joy. She lost it with a uh, with joy. Just, and you know, there's just something wonderful about that. So on different ends of the scale, you know, there's Sam, there's uh, Ingrid. Ingrid is, let me say, more advanced in years um, than, uh, than Sam is, at least. Um, but just watching God, and I want to tell you, you're never too old to be moved and touched and filled uh, by the Lord. And then finally, the last testimony I want to share. This, I don't even have th- theology for this last one. This, this, I'm still trying to get my head around. Mike and I went to Heaven and Earth Church, um, which was great fun. Um, Mike got glued to the wall, but I'm not going to share that story. The, the best part of that testimony was watching Mike's face, um, I'll be honest. Um, and um, we went there, but one of the things that happened, we were ministering at the, at the front, Mike and I were praying for people, and I was going across the room, and I got about two-thirds across the room, and I saw a lady saying to, to one side, and I heard the Holy Spirit say, she's a lightning rod. So I told her, I said, you're a lightning rod of God's presence. And she looked at me, and she was like, what? I said, you're a lightning rod of God's presence. And uh, again, she questioned it. So I said, just put your hand up, you'll see. And so she put her hand up uh, like this, like a lightning rod, and I went, bam, like that. I didn't touch her. I just spoke a word, bam. And the power of God hit her so much so that she just went down on the ground. And the, the, the shock wave of the presence knocked me to the other side of the room. I asked Mike about it. I literally, I, there were people all lying on the floor. I literally had to jump over people as I got blasted uh, uh, sideways. And anyway, she hit the floor. So that was awesome. She really got attached. But the, the next thing was, I get, a, uh, I get a voice note from her pastor um, the following week, her hand was so painful from that lightning bolt that afternoon that she actually put a packet of frozen peas on all afternoon because her hand had received that electric shock so powerfully that she put a packet. The next morning it was still painful and she needed to use her hand because she's a florist. So she decided to go to her physiotherapist to, to get the physiotherapist to work on her hand. So the physiotherapist um, starts working on her hand. The moment she touches her hand, the Holy Spirit gets the physiotherapist and she goes down on the floor and starts laughing in the Holy Spirit. Now, I'll be honest with you. I don't even really have theology for that. I'm like, Jesus, what? But, you know, the Bible says that signs and wonders shall follow those who believe. And many of these things, like, oh, and we've had... In the last week, we've had gold dust poured out on people and we've had, um, you know, just stuff happening. And when we were there, uh, was it at heaven and earth where the feather, we saw feathers? Was yeah, yeah, there were feathers. <laughs> you know, so there were feathers and gold dust and power poured out, joy poured out. The Bible speaks about signs and wonders shall follow those who believe. And these are signs that literally make you wonder. Um, 
And so I'm just so excited about what God is doing. And the reason we tell you the testimonies is because what you celebrate, you get more of. Amen? And we want to celebrate what God is doing, even the stuff we don't really understand. Amen? Um, you know what? I, I refuse to limit God to what I understand because I'm going to be limiting him quite a bit. <laughs> In that case, let's, uh, let's be honest, you know. I just re- realized I'm not that smart, you know. And so he's got permission to do stuff that I don't understand. Who, who wants that? Amen? So, yeah, that's, let's just give the Lord a hand for what he's doing. So, we've been doing this series where we've been speaking about the coming of the kingdom. And we've talked about knowing the story of the Bible. And um, we've taken the story of the Bible at times, and what we've done is we've made it the story of salvation. But actually, the story of the Bible is not the story of salvation. Salvation is just a part of the story. It's the story of the kingdom. And so if you didn't get the first part of the story, it will be on our podcast. Um, and uh, so you can get that. But I want to pick up to, uh, in, in this place, and I'm just going to do a brief recap on, su- on some scriptures. In Daniel 2, <laughs> 34 to verse 35, um, okay, one sign that may, might make you wonder is the, the, the Bible makes me drunk when I'm preaching. Um, so in Daniel chapter 2, you will remember Daniel um, spoke to the king, Nebuchadnezzar, who had a dream of a statue, and the statue um, represented four empires. And then, then uh, at the end of that vision, there was a rock cut without hands that struck the statue on its feet. And that rock grew and grew and grew and filled the whole earth until it became a mighty mountain. That was the prophetic picture of what the kingdom of God is going to do. That's God's purpose and His plan in the, uh, in the nations. And that stone struck the feet because it was that, uh, that, that stone who was uh, Christ came during the Roman Empire. And I want you to notice that when Christ, uh, when, when Father sent Jesus to invade the earth at that time, that kingdom grew and grew until it filled the whole earth and became a mighty mountain. It didn't grow and grow and grow to a certain point and then shrink and shrink and shrink and become a little sad pebble and get raptured. Why do I say this? Because it's important the narrative that you have about history and about the destination of history if you're going to have the right expectation of what God is going to do. Because many in the church in this time are preaching that the kingdom of darkness is coming. And as a result, they've got no faith. Many people are preaching, it is the end times. If this is the end times, we should be more excited than anyone. Because the picture of the end times from the word of God is that the kingdom is going to fill the whole earth. The picture of the end times from the Bible is that the glory of the Lord will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. I mean, come on, that's amazing. So our expectation should be for the church to prevail in culture and society, 
for the kingdom to prevail in the, in, in the world. Amen? Not to be overcome. And then we looked at Daniel chapter 7, and uh, verse 13 says this. It says, There before me was a, a one like a son of man, coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the ancient of days and was led into his presence. He was given authority, glory, and sovereign power. All peoples, nations, and men of every language worshipped him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away. So that is the book of Daniel, uh, Daniel chapter 7, verse 13. Now I want you to focus on this part that says, There before me was one like a son of man, coming with the clouds of heaven. Turn with me quickly in your Bibles to Matthew 24, verse 30. And I want you to compare the scripture. 24, verse 30. It says, and Jesus preaching, he says this. Okay, well, let's go from verse 29. But immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light and the stars will fall from the sky and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. And then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in the sky and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn and they will see... In some uh, Bibles, this is capitalized. The Son of Man coming on the clouds of the sky with power and great glory. Now, interestingly enough, if you actually look at this word sky, it's it's actually the word heaven. And what Jesus is referencing here is Daniel's prophecy. And uh, actually, a better translation of that scripture, verse 30, could be, And then you will see the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. Why is it saying that? Because Daniel, the scripture we just read in Daniel, remember, it says that, There before me was one like a Son of Man, coming with the clouds of heaven. This next verse is key. He approached the Ancient of Days. Where was the Son of Man coming? He was coming up, not down. This is why it's key. Because what that's speaking of, it's not speaking about Jesus coming in the second coming to the earth. It's speaking about Jesus after the first coming, coming up into the throne room of God. Because it says, He approached the ancient of days. And so Jesus was referencing this when He was saying, that after his resurrection at, uh, at Calvary, he was going to be resurrected and he would be taken up into the throne room of heaven where he would be given sovereign power over nations. And so he said, when you see nations rising and falling, when you see Jerusalem being judged and, uh, and dealt with, you will see it's a sign that the Son of Man has approached the Ancient of Days. That to Him has been given sovereign power and authority over every tribe and people and nation. And that His kingdom is coming. You see, many people 
don't understand that scripture because they don't read their Bible in totality. Why is that exciting? This is why it's exciting. It's because we know that our God, we know that Jesus is at the right hand of Father and He has authority over all the nations. We don't need to fear. So the story continues with this. We, we had this promise right the way through the Old Testament. The promise of the coming of the King. The promise of the Redeemer who would redeem mankind from the effects of the fall. That the kingdom would come. And right the way through the Old Testament was this promise of the invasion of this realm again where one would come to redeem man. And D-Day happened. God was so excited about the D-Day that He planned that when Jesus came as a baby, He announced Jesus' arrival with a heavenly choir in, uh, in Bethlehem. Just think about that. It was just a group of shepherds, but Jesus sent the choir out. The whole heavenly choir were there to sing to this, uh, this uh, group of shepherds on a hillside. In, and, they, and they're saying, glory to God and the highest and goodwill and peace on earth uh, to men. And they, they, didn't, they didn't prophesy a uh, doom and destruction, but they said, this is good, uh, good news. Then when Jesus came uh, preaching, he said this. He said, since the time of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of God has been forcefully advancing. Another time he, uh, he said, the kingdom of God is amongst you. You see, Jesus came to bring not just salvation, but to bring the kingdom. His, his nature, his, uh, his, when, when you see someone getting healed, when you see joy poured out, when you see depression broken off of people, when you see poverty broken off of nations, what you're actually seeing is the kingdom of God advancing in the earth. When, when, you see someone, when you see someone get a hold of a piece of land and make it productive or beautiful, I want to tell you, you are seeing the kingdom of God advancing on the earth. And this is the narrative that we, by which we frame uh, our lives. So, with Jesus, we have this amazing paradox that the kingdom came but the kingdom has come, but it's not yet. That, that's the weird thing, because it came, but not fully. So the kingdom, like that stone that's growing, it came in Jesus, and it came, uh, it came with the, uh, the disciples, where Jesus says, the kingdom of God is amongst you, but he sent them out to preach the kingdom, and to bring the kingdom. And you know what? I, I really want to encourage you, we need to get a kingdom mindset of history. Because so many people are preaching, oh, things are bad, eh? Things are bad. It's getting worse. End times. Terrible. Really bad. And yet, by every conceivable metric, the world is better today than it was 100 years ago. If, if any of you had a um, time machine, how many of you would like to emigrate to 1922? right before the Second World War. I wouldn't do it. I, I, I'll stay firmly here. Even with pandemics, da, 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 da. you know, listen, Biden, Trump, whatever. <laughs> Back then it was Mussolini, Stalin and Hitler. I, I'll, I'll, I'll take our modern cast of characters. Yeah? 
we're living longer. There's greater freedom. Women are freer. Come on. Slave, uh, uh, one thing we have to work on, I believe, is slavery in the world today. Slavery is worse than ever before in, uh, in human history. I mean, it's just more hidden. But I want to tell you, at least the world acknowledges now that slavery is wrong. Why is this? Do you know why it is? Because the, the gospel has been preached in the nations. It's the gospel that's changed mindsets. It's the gospel that humanity has recognized that's wrong. That's got to change. And we, we go, geez, it's taken a long time. But not, not from God's, mindset, uh, God's perspective. The, the gospel has been working out in the nations, bringing... And, and you've got to understand that there's no perfection in, uh, in this life. But on balance, the kingdom is coming. The kingdom is advancing. Justice is, uh, is coming in nations. Development is coming in nations. The level of poverty is dropping in nations. Education is, uh, is growing. Do we have a lot of work to do? Absolutely. But I want to tell you, when I study the word and I study history, I see that God is doing exactly what he said he would do. Now there's, there's peaks and there's troughs in history. But I believe the peaks are growing higher and the troughs are growing shallower. Amen? So, when Jesus came, he came and he grabbed a, a small group of 12 men and, and then a group of people around them, amazing group, men and women around The power of God fell at Pentecost. They, and they think that something like uh, probably about 120 people were in the upper room. From that little seed, the gospel spread across the world with extraordinary rapidity. Extraordinary. For, the, for that time, the gospel began to spread. Nation after nation began to be touched by the fire of the gospel. The good news of the kingdom. I mean, when, when, if you go back and li- read the miracle stories of the first century church, one of my favorites is of St. Grootwurt. I've forgotten his name now. Um, oh, man. He was preaching, he was preaching in, uh, in, um, in Italy, in the heart of the Ro- uh, Roman Empire. And he went into the temple of Zeus, Zeus, the, the, uh, the Greek god or uh, what, did, what did they call him in, in Roman culture? I'm trying to remember. Huh? Yes. And he went in there and the, the priest ca- uh, came in and he said, can I sleep here for the, uh, for the night? And uh, the guy said, yes you, uh, yes, you can. He went in and uh, the priest was quite looking forward to this because this demonic presence had just lived in, uh, in the temple. The uh, missionary prayed briefly and he went to sleep. Next morning he, uh, he left and he was you know, walking down the road and the priest of Jupiter comes running down the road off and saying, wait, 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 wait. He says, can I come with you? He says, why? He says, I don't know what you did, but Zeus fell on his face. He fell on his face and he shattered. And we couldn't put him back together again. I think it's your fault. He became his first con- one of his first converts. He followed him in the, uh, in the ministry. Now, that's like a story in the Bible. I mean, the, the first... The first missionary to uh, France was a man called Martin, Saint-Martin of Tours. He went preaching the, uh, the gospel in the 400s. He preached the gospel to the Gallic tribes there. They were earth worshippers. They, uh, they worshipped um, Thor and uh, Thor, all the Woden, all the, uh, the, the sort of Nor- Norse gods. 
but the, the Gallic tribes worshipped the same God. Martin began to preach uh, the gospel in, in the area around Tours, and um, he, the, the people of that area, they had a sacred tree that grew on a particular uh, hillside. And, and Martin came preaching against this demonic God. And the priests of that area came to him and said, we'll worship your God. We agree to worship your God. But if you want us to worship your God, we will cut down the sacred tree. But if we cut down that tree, you will stand beneath it. And if your God protects you, then we will uh, worship your God. Because they knew they cut down the tree and he got killed. That spirit would just move to another tree. Martin took the challenge. Now you need to understand, the tree was on a hillside and it was hanging in a, 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 a particular way. There was, it was definite where that tree would fall. So Martin stood there and he prayed and he preached as they cut the, the priests uh, of, um, of Thor began to cut down this tree. They cut through the tree and the tree began to fall straight for, uh, for Martin of Tours. As it dropped towards him, he lifted his hands up and the tree flipped uphill. <laughs> Boom! The priests almost got squished. But the exciting thing was that everyone from the surrounding region had come to watch Martin die. They were so excited to watch this Christian missionary die. And they saw God flip that tree uphill. Boom. The whole area converted. I've been to the cathedral that is now built on the spot where that tree once grew. St. Martin's Basilica in, uh, in Tours. And the gospel spread with signs and wonders and miracles as men and women uh, went out, carrying God's presence, carrying God, uh, God's power, as nation after nations in, uh, encountered the true God. I want to tell you how God hasn't changed. Our God hasn't changed. His arm is, has not uh, grown short. He, he hasn't grown old and senile. He hasn't lost his power. In fact, he's just growing greater and his heart for the nations burns even more. And he's raising up a generation in this hour to carry his word and his kingdom out into the nations of the earth. This kingdom is now, but not yet. Isn't that amazing? It's now, but not yet in the sense that it hasn't yet grown to its fullness. I want to tell you, and I'm going to end with this, that's just to encourage you. <laughs> Our story, the story you believe about the Word, the story your Bible tells you is so important, but you've got to read it right. Amen? You know, God has a plan for nations. He has a plan for this nation. He has a plan for South Africa, and He has a plan for Africa, and it's a good one. And sure, we have got some short-term problems. And let me ask you this question. How many of you would like to emigrate to South Africa 1922? Mm, maybe not. Because sometimes we get so focused on our problems today that we realize that every age has had problems. Every time in history has had problems. But you know what's really exciting? God's got an answer. It's you. <laughs> it's you. It's me. God created us for this time. He says of us that you have been created to be alive, 
at this exact moment, at this exact time, in this exact place. So look around at the people around you. God chose for each of us to be here at this time and place in history that his kingdom would come, that his will would be done on earth. Amen? Let's pray. Ooh, lift your hands up. Lord, we're so excited about what you have done in history, what you are doing now, and what you have promised to do in us and to us and through us. I thank you, Lord God, that you have a plan for every person here. And you've declared that your plan is, I know the plans I have for you, plans for good and not for evil, plans to give you a hope and a future. And I thank you, Lord God, that you have a plan for every family. Whoa. And it's a good plan. And I thank you, Lord God, that out of the families, you have a plan for the community, for the city, for our nation, and for the nations of the earth. Thank you, Lord, that you have declared that every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So Lord, would you fill us again with your power and your presence? Fill us with hope and courage and anointing that we might go out. That there would be testimonies told of our lives like Martin of Tours. That maybe in a hundred years time they'll be talking about Tehillah of Cape Town. Brandon of Berlin. (laughs) Tim of Turkey. (laughs) Joined by by, by the healer of... uh, Okay, you you, you bilocated. You bilocated. Lord, that, that our lives would tell the story of your goodness and your plan for us, Lord. Lord... Right now, in the name of Jesus, I take authority over every spirit of depression, discouragement, despair, hopelessness. I break that off in the name of Jesus. Lord, we embrace hope. We embrace faith. We embrace your glory. And we declare, Lord God, that the glory of the Lord shall cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. And we will go forth bringing that glory, Lord, as we trust you to do what only you can do in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We hope you have enjoyed this message from Nigel Desmond. For more information, please visit nigelanddebbie.org.